Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Barbara, for sharing so openly. What a great blessing you and Steve are. We just love you guys, and uh, especially the younger generation here. If you want to just be blessed, go have a chat to them. They've got a great testimony, and you heard some of it there, but it's even bigger than that. Um, So... Thank you. Are you all doing well this morning? Yeah. You loving Jesus? Yeah. Congratulations, Mike, on the Bledisloe Cup last night. New Zealand beat the Wallabies, and I'm very embarrassed today, but congratulations, bro. Any other Kiwis in the house? Yeah, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm three quarters Kiwi, but I'm still an Aussie, so my mum's full Kiwi and my dad is half Kiwi, so I'm guessing that makes me three-quarters Kiwi. Ah, who cares? All right, let's move on. (laughs) Hey, if you're new here, a huge welcome to you. My name's Benaya. My wife and I, Charlotte or Charlie, are senior pastors here at uh, Celebration Church. Uh, We love having new people here. We love meeting new people. We love, um, even if it's for one Sunday or if you're looking for a new church home, Uh, We just want to say welcome. We pray today, God, this really impacts your heart. Um, You come on a good Sunday this morning. uh, This morning's message is really a foundational message for our church, and it's going to be a good one. Also, welcome to all the onliners, all the ones who are on YouTube, podcasts. Hey, welcome. We just want to say a huge welcome to you. Uh, Quick uh, update of my family. Uh, My little boy is six months, nearly seven months tomorrow, actually. He is rolling around everywhere at the moment. He's eating solids, and he is deciding to wake up three times a night again for some reason after sleeping through from week or month two. He's been sleeping through from month two and a half, so he's been a great little sleeper. But now he is teething, and so we are learning about that. But I don't know if you saw him this morning. He is just the best thing ever. I love him with all my heart, and he makes my heart just explode every day. And he is extremely cute, which is helpful, especially when he's not acting very cute. So I'm thankful for that, which is good. Is everyone doing okay? Fantastic. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say from a distance, it is great to see you. You can do it in sign language if you want. Fantastic. Just want to start this morning with a couple of things. Um, The first thing is this. I actually want to um, give a word to Ryan, a bit of an encouraging word. As I was in worship just then and, and... uh, just so the church knows, Charlie and I are in this weird uh, season of baby in the office, out here, baby back in the office, feeding, rocking the pram, back out. So if you see us moving around, or after service, if you have to take off, it's because our baby is on the edge, and we're like, we have T-minus 19 minutes to get him back home. Um, but anyway, um, but I just want to encourage you, Ryan, that as you're standing there and worshipping God this morning, that there is just such a sense of the overflow of God in you. And again, I just saw this picture of this, uh, this well, which is part of our church, but this overflowing, joyful well. And there is a, an anointing on you to bring prophetic song, prophetic breakthrough. And the enemy has come in the past to try and pollute the well, try and poison the well. It's not by chance you've had a life that hasn't been usual. You know, you've had challenges, you've had to overcome, you've had seasons of highs and lows. But God says, I have called you. I have gone ahead of you. I have surrounded you. I have anointed you. (laughs) Um, Can we just get Joel and Tom? Come on, just stand around. Let's just pray for him. Um, Why don't you stand up, Ryan? And, And just lay hands on him for a second. Mark, come up too. Mark Maharab, come up. Why don't you just lift your hands for a second, Ryan? Just put your hands on the Lord. Just, just start to minister 
And Lord, we just declare right now that what the enemy meant for the bad, God will turn for the good, for the salvation of many. We declare where there has been disappointment, where there has been poison, where there has been rocks thrown into the well, that this morning there would be an overflow of the rivers of God, that the joy of God would rise up again like he has never experienced before. Lord, that as he worships you, both at home and also in a public setting, that the joy of God would rise up, that the shackles would fall off, that the things that are holding back would fall away, that the Holy Spirit power and anointing that was on on him from birth would rise up within his heart. God, that his ears would be open to the prophetic songs, the songs of deliverance, the songs of redemption, the songs of healing. God, that he would not let the enemy come in and sabotage, but instead he would fix his eyes on you, Jesus. And we call out this morning the greatness of God. We call out the anointing of God. We call out the blessing of God. And if you're just there, just why don't you put your hands towards him right now. We just declare it in Jesus' name. Fresh anointing. Fresh outpouring. Lord, fresh breakthrough. Fresh visitations from heaven. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for Ryan. Bless him. Surround him today, we pray. Lord Jesus, raise him up as you raise David up to take down Goliath. Raise him up as a worshiper. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. And I just pray for healing right now. I pray, Lord, any times, Lord, where the enemy has come to try and rip him off, that you would come and you will bring healing right now. You will bring wholeness. You will bring restoration. Lord, we thank you. We surround him as his church family. And we say, Ryan, you are surrounded by family. A family that will stand beside you, will stand around you, will help you in those times of struggle. Father, we thank you for him in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said... Amen. Awesome. Fantastic. Good. Hey, this morning for a few minutes, I want to speak to you about part five of our series, Hearing from God. You guys are good. You guys. Thanks. Thanks, Alicia Keys. That's amazing. (laughs) So if you've been away or if you're new here this morning, we have been doing a, a series for the past five weeks on hearing from God. Week one, we talked about the importance of hearing God. Week two was how to hear God. Week three was moving in discernment. Week four, Charlie spoke last week a great message on knowing whose voice is speaking. And then today I want to speak about living a prophetic life, or another way to say it is creating a prophetic culture. Creating a prophetic culture. This is who our church is. It's who we're called to be. It's the anointing on our house. Charlie and I have this in our spirit to flow in the prophetic. Uh, We believe that it's part of our DNA as as spiritual people. And so the thing is, though, with the prophetic is this, is that the prophetic is often shrouded in spiritual mysticism. And often prophetic people find it hard to be a part of community because a prophetic person is often very much like this, which is awesome, but often isn't so good at this. Yeah? And Old Testament prophets, you see many of them who are great at this, but not so good at this. What's this? Me and God, me hearing from God, what is this? How do I handle people? How do I connect with people? And this morning I want to encourage you, especially if you're a prophetic type person, that God wants you to be great at this, but he also wants you to be great at this. And if you can learn to do both well, you become a very powerful vessel for the kingdom of God. Why don't we close our eyes and just pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here. We thank you for your anointing. Father, we pray this morning that you would just be here in power. And Lord, this morning we thank you that you are calling our church into a fresh season of the prophetic. And this morning we say yes and amen to all that you have, both for this church and for the city, for the Shalhaven, for the South Coast. Lord, we welcome you and we say, be the God of this place, be the God of this city. Lord Jesus, we love you and we give you all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. amen. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. 
2 Peter 1 verse 21 says this. It says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Back when I was 21 years old, I finished year 12 when I was around 18, 17, 18, and I was praying about what I should do when I ended up doing three years uh, as an insurance broker. I worked in an office in town and of three and a half years I was in that role. My dad always told me, if you feel called to ministry, make sure you take some time in the workforce to understand how people work, understand what it's like. The church has its bubble, understand what the community is like. So I went and worked in this, this organization of this business, and there was 50 employees. It was a quite a big business for, for our town. And then when I got to kind of the third year, and I'd taken on youth, our youth ministry by then, and I start, started to feel this prompting in my heart when it came to, I feel like I need to go and spend some time at Bible college. And it was just a thought, and I was thinking, God, is this you? Is it me? Is it... What, you know, and I was praying about it, and I was trying to figure it out, and I started researching colleges. Should I go to America for a season? Should I do a college there? Should I do a degree? Should I go to you know, different colleges? And, and there was one that I was looking at, which was Hillsong College, and that was part of the, part of the I guess, door, that, one of the doors I could have knocked on. And I remember I was praying about it, and it was a big step because it was me leaving a secure job. And by my third year, the first year was traineeship. I got paid $160 a week, pre-tax, and I had a five grand car loan, a little Toyota Starlet 1998 Max with 13-inch mags. <laughs> it was a sports model. <clears throat> and I remember my pay was so small but it was enough for me to live on. By the second year, you get to come out of your 12-month traineeship and you start to make some money. Not just that, you get eligible for a bonus at the end of the year, which traineeships don't get. They tell you that. But now I'm not a trainee. I get to now get the bonus. Third year is when the big money starts happening. For me back then, anyway, the big money. I was starting to go from out of the trenches, out of the scraps, to actually getting some respect in that workplace. And a new trainee came in, and he was, or she was treated rubbish, and I was trying to be treated better. That was the culture of the place, old school workplace. And I remember going, God, I have a choice. I can start to work, make good money, maybe get a deposit for a house, set myself up, and do youth ministry still, or are you telling me to go to college? And it was this thing of, and by the way, college was no money. It was going backwards by $50 a week on paper, just paying my tithe, rent, petrol, and car repayment. And I was just like, God, I just, I don't know what to do. And I, there was this cutoff date for college. And basically, that was the Monday. And I came to church on the Sunday, and I didn't know what to do. It was one of those things where I'm like, umming and ahhing. I'd spoke to my bosses six months prior. I had the favor of God on me. They gave me less hours, increased my pay to stay on in that workplace. They didn't want to lose me. So I had that going on. And then I had this thing of going and starting college, a whole brand new season, a scary season, as a 21-year-old, I guess, back then. And a lady was here who I've never seen before. And after service, and she didn't know who I was, I wasn't preaching, I, wasn't, I was the youth pastor, but a new person wouldn't have known that. She saw me in the, in the courtyard, she pulled me aside and she said, you don't know me and I don't know you, but God has sent me here today to tell you that you've been thinking about going away to train for ministry and God says, yes, that is the right door to take. And I went, huh? Oh. 
Uh, what? And she went on and she said, it's going to be a number of years taking time to be trained for ministry, but God says, that is the door for you. I went home going, who was that? And then I never saw her again. For all I know, she could have been an angel. I don't know. But she, it was one of those things where just for that day, God sent somebody which actually changed the destiny of my life. It was someone moving in a prophetic anointing which brought about breakthrough for somebody else. What is the prophetic? The prophetic is this. It is bringing God's reality into our reality. That's the simplest prophetic is. It's saying, I'm going to draw you through a prophetic word into the reality of God, not just the reality you're in. In Acts chapter 2, verse 16, it says this. It says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I'll pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Who thinks we're in the last days? Come on, who thinks we're in the last days, yeah? So we're talking about the last days here. This is New Testament. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit and people will prophesy. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14. When you got it, tell me you got it. That'd be great. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. It says this. Mark, can we open those side doors? It says this. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why don't you say prophesy? Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. The thing is about the prophetic is this, is that often when we move in the prophetic, and by the way, for me it's this simple, Holy Spirit in my spirit, is there something you want to say to somebody else? Just then I was in, wor- I was in worship, and, and I went into the office then, and Ryan was already on my heart, and as one in the office, Charlie said to me, how good is it to see Ryan up there helping lead worship? There is such an anointing on that guy. And I went, bada boom, bada bang, confirmation has happened. Up here, speak it, he has a moment with God. That's how the prophetic works. But we have to start with the root of the prophetic, which is what we just read. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, remember this. The context of Scripture is very important. Who here has heard at a wedding? 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy... There's always that Bible reader that comes up and it's like, it's, it's a job you give someone who's not really a bridesmaid or groom, but it's, they would be a part of my wedding still. So come on, you can, you just, too real, too real. All right. They've got a job now. But you have to understand something. The context of spiritual gifts is actually founded in the chapters about love. Think about this with me. The power of spiritual gifts comes from the root of love. It is founded in the context of love. To the point where when you read about prophecy and you read about love is patient, love is kind, 1 Corinthians 13, the way you know if prophecy is actually a godly thing is you can say this, love is patient, prophecy is patient, prophecy is kind, prophecy does not envy, it does not boast, prophecy is not easily angry. That is how you should read about the gifts of God when it comes to outworking the gifts of God. Has anyone here ever had a prophetic person, prophetic person in quotation marks, come and give you a word and you think, wrong? And it's not that you're being mean, it's that that person has no clue what they're talking about. It's because they're not doing it out of a spirit of love, often instead of a spirit of manipulation. 
A false prophet works out of manipulation. A true prophet or a prophetic person moves out of a place of love. And we're going to talk about this this morning because as a church, we are a prophetic church, but we have to understand prophecy is such a powerful gift that if not done correctly, it can manipulate the soul. And manipulation is like witchcraft, the Bible says. So we have people, just because you say, God told me, doesn't mean God told them. Take prophetic words very carefully. Give them even more carefully. Because unless it's rooted in love, that prophetic word isn't going to be from God. The prophetic is sharing God's heart with others. The prophetic, this is so awesome, is calling out the potential or identity of God in others. Often, prophetic people compare themselves to the Old Testament prophets. You're not a Jeremiah. If you want to live like Jeremiah, then be a Jeremiah, but understand, look at his life, he was extremely extreme. The New Testament prophet, it's a gifting from God, and the Christian can flow in the prophetic. Are there prophets in church? Yes. But are Christians called to be prophetic? Yes. Can I hear an amen? You, if you are a Christian here today, have an element in your heart or a person in your heart called the Holy Spirit, and if he is in your heart, then the prophetic can flow at any moment. How cool is that? The prophetic is about calling out the potential of God in people. The true heart of the prophetic is to see people the way God sees them. All right, there's a bit of opposition here. Holy Spirit, we break it. We break it. I just pray for open eyes right now, open ears. It's been a spiritual weekend, Lord, but we just say right now, we just... Declare your name is higher. And let our church rise in the prophetic anointing that is upon us. And we humble our hearts right now in Jesus' name. So when it comes to the prophetic, we have to understand that the true heart of a prophetic person is to see people the way God sees them. I'm just creating a bit of a parameter for you and then we're going to fill it in. The prophetic is about drawing out the destiny of God in people. (laughs) That is what the prophetic is. I'm going to give you a scripture in a second to completely show you what I'm talking about. Therefore, encouragement and the prophetic go hand in hand. Why is our church so encouraging? Or why do we talk about it so much? Because we are a prophetic church. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. Is this okay this morning? This this word's a bigger bigger deal than what you realize. So just let your spirit lay a hold of it. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. It says this. It says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for what? They're strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. For the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Here's the scripture. I have met people as a PK, I've seen this my whole life, who come into churches or who are in churches And they feel like they are the prophets of doom. The New Testament prophecy is outlined in this scripture. The one who prophesies speaks to people for what? They're strengthening, they're encouraging, and they're comfort. Anyone here who feels like they're prophetic, if your prophetic word isn't those three things or one of those three things, put it down. We have to make the prophetic a normal part of who we are. 
Therefore, if you're a prophetic person, this is going to help you, the most prophetic person in this room should be the most encouraging person in this room. The greatest strengthener, the greatest encourager, the greatest comforter is the one who prophesies. I had someone say to me um, a few months ago, I mentioned the prophetic and they said, do you mean that we're going to, or they said, when are we going to bring back the microphone at the front for people to prophesy in the worship, in the service? And I said to them, the prophetic is beyond just having someone come up and prophesy from the front. Because an accurate prophetic life is actually firstly outlived in how they live, and secondly, is there to be a part of their everyday existence. You see, growing up, and you will remember this, I'm sure Barbara and Steve will remember this, the charismatic move, which I love, we would have the worship, we would have the free worship, the spontaneous worship, then we would have a idea. And then that one person who was tone deaf every week would, would sing. And they would sing, thus saith the Lord. And there would be a hush as this lady or man had their Australian idol moment. And as a child, it scared me because they were often right near me and very, very loud if you don't know what I'm talking about, what I'm saying is during the free worship, literally every week, it would die down and people would start to prophesy in free worship. Sometimes it was very powerful. Sometimes it was actually the breakthrough for the meeting. I'm not saying it's not needed. But often, it didn't help anything. Often, it was a platform for the disgruntled person in church to prophesy about their disgruntlement. Can anyone remember those things? <laughs> now, we've had prayer meetings since I've been pastor here where we would say, if anyone has a, something to share in their heart, God's placed it on your heart, come down and, and share it. It's a similar thing. But on Sundays, we don't have the mic down the front and we don't die down and then Andrew Rankin lifts his beautiful voice and shares it with us. Who knows, revival might break out in that moment. Who knows? Hey, some churches still do that, and that's up to them. If they feel that's their stream or river, that's fine. For me, what I want to create and see God do is create a people who now had to live prophetic lives, who know how to have in their conversation prophetic conversations. What is the prophetic? Demystify it right now. It's sharing the reality of God with somebody else. It's sharing who they are and the reality of God in that situation with somebody else. That is it. And it is based around the wrapping of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. <laughs> when we were over in Bethel Church last year, or two years ago, whenever it was, and Charlie was a few months pregnant. She wasn't showing yet. And we had this couple find us in the crowd, in a crowd of thousands, and say, we've seen you, and we want to give you a prophetic encouragement. And that's how you can word it, a prophetic encouragement. That's how we should word it. And they started prophesying over the baby inside Charlotte's womb. Nobody knew that she was pregnant. They didn't know she was pregnant. And they started speaking into the baby you are currently carrying, the greatness and the reality and the potential of God. Of course, we're there. <laughs> yes, God. Oh, okay. like, that is the power of a prophetic prompting. Two years before we got married... Kathy, who can't be here today because they were flooded into their farm, thanks to the rain, came up to my dad and said, Benaiah is going to marry Charlotte. 
There was no potential back then. <laughs> from either end, from either end. She was like, yeah, that's true. And luckily, they didn't tell me until after we were married. And then Kathy, who is just this naturally prophetic person, is at the dinner table, because the Thorpes have dinner every night at the table when the girls are living at home. And Kathy said in front of the whole group, within a year, Charlotte's going to be married. Much to Charlotte's entertainment, much to her laughing, much to Alan's laughing, I think, as well. Much to probably Angela's laughing. Who knows? There was definitely a, yes, Kathy, okay. <laughs> because there was nothing on the horizon. What happened was, within 12 months, Charlotte was married. To me. To me. <laughs> Just to let you know. It was a naturally prophetic moment. This is the power of a prophetic people. I don't say, Kathy is the prophet. We don't, I don't, when we have Christmas lunch, oh, would you like some more salad, prophet Kathy? I don't, she's, she's just a Christian who loves Jesus, who takes time every day to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the prophetic. The fourth thing the prophetic does is this, and it's found in Ezekiel 37. And why don't you turn there if you have it? Ezekiel 37, verse 4. It's a little bit humid today, but... Is there a nappy cloth, Charlotte? In there? Can I have a fresh one, not a used one? Ezekiel 37, 4 says this. It says, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. The fourth thing the prophetic does, if you're moving in the prophetic, is it brings life. It brings life. A prophetic word led by the Holy Spirit is a word that brings life to the hearer. Yeah. To the point where you can even speak prophetically to your um, unsaved friends and family who are yet to be saved, and it can bring life. It can bring breakthrough. Does our prophetic message bring strength, encouragement, comfort, and life? If the answer is yes, then let's move out and create room for that prophetic moment. But let's always remember that the most prophetic people in the room will be the most encouraging people in the room. The days are gone of the, the prophetic person not understanding that people around them are people. Again, we have to understand, and I can preach this because I am prophetic. <laughs> yes, bring that up. Bring that bad boy up. I'm going to wipe my forehead with that. T.D. Jake style right there. We have to understand something with the prophetic. I don't know if you've noticed this, but often, and this is, I'm just going to speak to the prophetic people in the room who you're just like, that's my, that's my jam, that's my gift. Often prophetic people feel isolated, lonely, discouraged, and they are, and they are very uh, isolated is the right word. They feel misunderstood. I wanted to speak to you for a moment and encourage your heart that that doesn't actually need to be the case. Because if you can learn to do prophetic inside community well, it creates a safe environment for you to actually outwork your gifting. There has to be community, though. There has to be connection with others. Often you'll find some prophetic people or people who... You know, who, are, who genuinely actually have prophetic giftings have so much issue trying to connect with others, they feel like they're a bit weird. And guess what? Sometimes, as a prophetic person, 
I don't feel like I fit into that square. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm a bit out of place. Because sometimes you get words on your heart or promptings in your heart or discernment and it might not be what everyone else is getting. And so the world of a prophet becomes very lonely. But I want to encourage you inside a church culture that we, if we commit to community, if we commit to making room for the prophetic, if we see the prophetic as encouragement, it actually causes us to start to connect well with others. I think often sometimes we come into a place of strife because we don't know how to even share that prophetic message with somebody else. You know, for me, it's rare that I will say, thus saith the Lord. Or, a modern version is, God is saying this. I don't need to say it because the power isn't in that statement. The power is in what I'm saying. Please let that drop in your spirit. If you feel like you have to say, thus saith the Lord, and that gives you power, that's not where the power is. The power is if you're connected to the heart of God and you share it, it will cause the person's spirit to jump. So many conversations I have are very prophetic with people, and I'll go home and say, man, God just spoke to me in that conversation. Or you just confirmed something. And it was never a thus saith the Lord moment. It was just me being me. You see, when a river flows, the river flows, whether you call it a river or not. Please get this. Old school is, thus saith the Lord. New is this. I'm just going to share what God's saying. One of the most prophetic preachers I've ever heard is Brian Houston. He rarely says, thus saith the Lord, when he preaches. But if you notice, whenever he preaches, three, six, 12 months later, what is the church in Australia doing? He is an apostle, therefore he flows in a prophetic anointing. You see, the power isn't in the thus saith the Lord's statement. It's in the fact that we connect with the river. We connect with the grace. We connect with the word. Hence why in the Bible, God can speak through a donkey. God can speak through Saul. God can speak through a, a prophet. And they all have a powerful end result. So if you're prophetic here today... I want to encourage you, there is space in this church for you. But be open to actually learning how to talk to people. <laughs> when the new person comes in who is unchurched and doesn't understand your Christianese, you need to learn to connect with them as well as connecting them to God. Because when you speak about these big words, when we speak these Christianese type words... And they go, what? And it goes completely over the head. And they miss the moment because the people of God have been too like this and not enough like this. Let's be great at this, me and God, and great at how we take the bread and pass it out. Take the loaves and the fish and pass it out. I've been to a couple of churches, and they're great churches, full of prophetic people. I mean... Weird prophetic people. And God is still there, but it is so unusual. And the percentage rate of people getting saved is extremely low. It's full of people who love Jesus, and that's pretty much it. If we can be a church that can go, God, we're going to hear your voice. We're going to seek you. We're going to be open to being led by the Spirit. We're going to be a prophetic people, but we're going to learn to hand out the loaves and fish as well then we create supernatural moments, not just like this, but like this. Does that make sense? Hey, just a side note. The difference between a word of knowledge and a prophetic word is this. Anyone want to know what the difference is? A, a word of knowledge is when someone shares something that is already in existence that you didn't know about that person, whereas a prophetic word is something that's yet to come. So a word of knowledge is this. Someone comes in and they have a back condition and you go up to them and you say, I've just got this on my heart. Do you have something wrong with your back? I feel like God wants to heal you. It is a word of knowledge moment, which is a gift of the Spirit. It's an outworking of the Spirit. But it's not a prophetic prophecy. A prophecy is... 
hey, God is speaking to you and he wants to encourage you that this is what God is calling you to. Now, most prophetic moments in church, just to equip you again, are not going to be you coming in and saying, you're called to go to Bible college, see you later. As great as that is, it's going to be this. Tom, I feel like God is saying that you're a son, that he has called you, that your best season is ahead of you, that you're about to go into a new season of breakthrough, of miracles, of revelation, and I see that God's going to give you prophetic dreams. That's a real word for you right there. I just give, gave him that word from my spirit, but what I'm doing is, what am I doing? I'm comforting, I'm encouraging, and I'm strengthening. And Tom goes, oh, wow, I just feel so lifed. I felt like I could hear God in that moment. As a prophetic person, all that I was doing was reminding him or telling him about the reality of God. We have to make sure that it's important to us that we don't prophesy, or that we, sorry, that we prophesy from a place of strong identity, not to try and get identity. <laughs> Think about that with me. We don't prophesy because we are prophetic, that's who I am. I'm a son, I have a gifting of prophecy. Often, we do our giftings and we feel like that's who we are. And it's based on our cultural expression, which is this. Go to a barbecue, how are you going? What do you do? <laughs> are you, where, where, where do you work? Not, how are you going, who are you? Most people can't even answer that. It's a weird question. Well, as Christians, our identity is so important. We have to prophesy from a place of identity, not to try and gain identity. I am very, very, very wary of anyone who speaks to me and says, I am a prophet. Very wary. Why? Because their fruit will declare who they are. It will declare what they carry. It will declare... Your fruit follows you around, whether you like it or not. Last week, we had a, um, a smell coming from my son's room. Did you tell them this last week, Charlie? And it was a poignant smell. It was a strong smell. It was worse than nappies, dirty nappies. It was a smell I haven't smelt for many years. <clears throat> As I walked into the room, I was hit by a cloud of glory, really. <clears throat> a rat had died in the wall of his room. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about a rat dying in the wall unless you cut out the wall, which we're not going to do. <laughs> and for the following days, we, we called the pest people and said, hey, can you fix it? They said, if it's in the wall, you can't, they can bring in some odor bags, but they're going to cost you 200 bucks. We're like, ugh. Google that coffee grounds actually absorb smell. So we put coffee grounds in his room and it smelled like death with coffee. <laughs> yeah, the best type of beans right there. Death beans, coffee beans. The fruit from that rat was death. The fruit from a false prophet is division, it's death, it's manipulation. They are a, a danger to all who hear, especially young Christians, and they have a lack of fruit to back up anything they say. Watch somebody, watch someone's fruit, watch the prophetic words that come out of their mouth. It's okay for you to be a bit like, let's just wait and see because you have to guard yourself in those moments. But when you find a prophetic person, lay a hold of them. Honour the gift on their life. They are rare and they are powerful. I've got people in my life and I'm so thankful for them. And there's been a few times where I've had really tough moments and they literally will call me. 
I've had at least three times in the past uh, few years where one person has called me and said, I've just had you on my heart. And it was the very day, and Charlotte said to me, oh, you need to call that person. And then they call me. See, they're a trusted prophetic person that God sends to what? What are the things? Strengthen, encourage, comfort, and bring life. This is the voice of a prophet in the New Testament. It's not for you to bring judgment. It's not for you to bring death. It's not for you to bring anything. That's, you're not an Old Testament prophet, please. You're a New Testament prophet through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14.3, one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And I've added on bringing life according to Ezekiel. I love the prophetic because it's just such a confirmation often in life. I, I, I've told you this story maybe years ago, or two years ago actually happened, where we had a pastor's gathering up, up with our Wollongong pastors. And it was my first gathering with them as their regional leader because I run the ACC for the region, Charlie and I. And I was sitting there in this room full of pastors. They don't really know me very well. I don't know them super well, some of them anyway. And someone shares an update of where they're at. And another pastor says, you know what, I just want to just share an encouraging word with you. And he starts to prophesy over that pastor. Someone else says, actually, I want to just add to that. They prophesy over this pastor. Goes to the next person, they share something about where they're at. Someone else pipes up and says, hey, I've got something I want to share. I've got a picture in my heart. Starts to speak. Before you know it, we're in this cafe, and there's all these pastors just prophesying over each other. The Holy Spirit's just moving. And there's this one lady who I don't know at all, really. And she says, I just had this picture in my spirit about the South Coast, and there was this well of refreshing on the South Coast. <laughs> Keeping in mind, this is just after we launched, taken on the church, launched where a well of refreshing. This is who we're called to be. We're a place where we'll come and we give them fresh cups of water. Yeah. And she just, to the point where I just, I sat there laughing to myself, quietly, probably a bit creepily, like, <laughs> going, she is just describing the prophetic word over our church. And she would never know what that prophetic word is. And she's talking about the South Coast. People would travel to the South Coast to partake of refreshing wells, refreshing breakthrough. I see people literally, and she talked about people drawing water and getting, and I'm just like, this is who we are. And God sends this lady to speak a prophetic message to encourage the heart of me and my wife and this church. And it was so beautiful and it was such a breakthrough moment and it was the prophetic in its full force. A word which strengthened, encouraged, comforted, and brought life. And she didn't even know it was for us. But it was exactly God speaking to us. This is the prophetic God has for us. Don't let your success or failure come from whether you prophesy a word that comes to pass or not. Listen, your success comes from the fact that you're obedient and that you moved in love. Some prophetic words, scripturally, took 400 years to come to pass. What happens if you give a word and it's going to take 400 years to come to pass? You see, what we do is we give a word and we go, has it happened in six months? Has it happened in three weeks? Has it happened tomorrow? Some of the words God's going to give you are for generations to come. Some are time-sensitive, but some are for times you're not even going to see. Often prophetic people can use their mysticism to cover their lack of character, not being accountable, issues with authority, not being punctual, not being a good example in loving others, carrying judgment and not being in community. This is because they have an elevated view of self because God told me. Whereas a mature prophetic person understands that their role is to strengthen the church, through humility, and through the message of the example they live. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard in life, or as a pastor, if people come and ask me for, I think it's wise. If you, you, Charlie and I are shepherds in this house. We've got a grace on us to shepherd this house. We have a team that's anointed to help shepherd this house. 
I believe in going and actually asking for wisdom or input from prophetic people and proven people and those who have a grace. It is hard, though, when someone comes and sees you and says, I want to ask your advice, but let me start by saying, God told me. There's nothing I can say to that. Either I say, yes, which hopefully that's the easy one. Yeah, I agree. But what happens if God puts something different in my heart as a pastor? Straight away, I'm the bad guy, or they're the bad guy. We have to be careful when it comes to God told me's. Be slow to use the God told me's. Understand if you're a prophetic person that your life will declare the prophetic edge in your life, the example you live, more than the God told me's. I've had plenty of people in my life over the years come and give me the God told me's, but their own life had such terrible fruit. Can God still speak through them? He can speak through a donkey, so he can speak through anybody. But am I more cautious? Yes. So as we round out this morning, we need to be a church that creates a culture of grace in, all, in order to cultivate the prophetic. Listen, sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Please hear this. We have to be mums and dads in this place. I'm a dad to my son. He is currently rolling around everywhere. At some point, he nearly rolled off the bed. I caught him by his leg. He's going to learn pretty quickly to roll off the bed. And at some point, when he starts to walk and he trips over, I am not going to yell at him for tripping over. If I do, I am a terrible dad. Instead, I'm telling you, we make him walk now with his arms like a puppet and we praise him. Oh my goodness, oh, you're doing so well, come on. And he's just, uh, just, just, he's not even walking. We're making him walk. <laughs> the minute he takes his first step, you know, for Christmas, don't tell him, but for Christmas, I got him. <laughs> He's a pretty smart kid, so just be careful. <laughs> I got him a Ferrari walker. So he can zip around our house on our floorboards in this little Ferrari walker around Christmas, because by then he'll be definitely doing that. It's the one present I wanted when I was a kid and never got. The point is this, the minute he starts to walk is the minute I will praise him even more. The Bible says, it says, and I don't know if we read the scripture, but it says, no, we didn't read it, but Paul says, it's great that you speak in tongues, but my heart is that you would all prophesy. That's one of our key scriptures, I don't know why it's not in my notes. It's great that you can speak in tongues, but it's even better that you prophesy. Why? Because sometimes you can't understand it. But if you prophesy, it brings what? Comfort. It brings grace. It brings encouragement. It brings strength. It brings life. So what we're going to do is this is a church. We're going to create safe environments for people to learn how to prophesy. <laughs> Why? Just, now just dream with me for a second. The prophetic, in its most basic form, is calling out the potential of God in people, the reality of God in people. Imagine a church full of people who knew how to encourage others by calling out the greatness of God in each other. The greatness of God in their marriage, the greatness of God in their kids, the greatness of God in their businesses. A church that is full of people who now had to say, I sense in my heart that you, and I want to remind you that you're a son, that God's hand is upon your life, that God has a great purpose for you, and it's based on what God says in the scripture. But prophetically, I want to remind you of the reality of God. And this is what this is. It is me and you going, here's a fresh cup of water. You with us for one Sunday? Awesome, no worries. Let me, get a, let me go to the well. Let me go to the well in my spirit. Here you go, here's a fresh cup of water. 
weary traveller, go home with a fresh, refreshing cup of water. And it's a prophetic encouragement from a prophetic church that understands that when you speak the reality of God, when you speak to people to strengthen them, to encourage them, and to comfort them, that that is a church that will grow, that is a church that will see God's reality touch the ground, that is a church that's not religious, that is a church that brings heaven to earth. We are conduits of heaven touching earth. We are people who have to be so in touch with heaven in our heart. And I need to be able to look at Wayne and go, who has God called Wayne to be? (laughs) And not get Wayne in trouble. Wayne knows what he's not good at. Not much, by the way. But there's things he knows. And I'm telling you, the day of prophets hitting people on the head with hammers, those big toy hammers I'm talking about, doing, 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 are over. Because according to 1 Corinthians 14, the prophetic voice is there to strengthen, to encourage, to comfort, to bring life, to be someone who says, the weak has spear-tackled you into the ground, just like the All Blacks and the Wallabies last night, spear-tackled you, just like the New South Wales with the Queensland this Wednesday night, spear-tackled you. Oh, bigger applause for that. Oh, my... And it's because Prophet Benoit James Halliday came to my church. Have you heard Mark Mahara's prophetic word? Have you heard Bonnie's prophetic word? She called me up and said, "This is God. I was praying. God gave me this for you this week. And it completely blew my heart apart. And it was a prompting. And it was a prophetic moment. Remember I spoke about discernment, guys, when you feel like something's off or on about something? It's a moment. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the podcast. But let's be a church who calls out the realities of God in people. Because that is kindness. That is reality. And I'm telling you, that is a church that will touch a city. Because for too long we've been great at calling out what they're not. Whereas a prophetic person calls out what they are. Oh, write that down, somebody. I mean, if that's tweetable, that is Facebookable. We're not called to call out what people are not. We're called to call out what people are in God. And not to look at their current circumstance and say, oh, you're this, this, this. You're the prodigal son. You're eating trash. You've spent your inheritance. You're an embarrassment to your fair. No, no, no. You are a son with the best ring with a fattened calf, even though you don't deserve a prodigal, this is who God has called you to be. And we need the church to rise up, and every one of us here and online and podcast, start to speak, start to encourage, start to bring the reality of God. I might do part two next week because there's more. You know those pastor cards that we sent out? I'll try and get something out of this week so you can hear just word for word some of the testimonies. Past, if you don't know, we, this beautiful church took up an offering last year and again this year, and we sent out a um, hundred, we blessed a hundred pastors across our state and, and some around the nation with a $150 gift voucher for them to go out for dinner with their wives and just enjoy a night together, be refreshed at, a, at a, a trip advisor, the best restaurant of their town. We've done the research. And then we gave them a prophetic card. Charlie and I wrote prophetic cards for every pastor. It took ages. But we've done it. People have been so blown away, speechless by the accuracy of those cards. People are saying, Do I know you? <laughs> have we met somewhere? I've had a couple of pastors say, literally, I, I don't know how to respond and I don't know what to say. And I just say, just receive. You give out your whole life to others. You just take a moment, go out to that nice winery or that nice steakhouse. You just enjoy. And people have just been so, get this, strengthened, encouraged, 
comforted, and brought life. And in that, there were pastors who were at the edge of giving up. And because somebody in this church said, I'm going to give my bit so that somebody else who I'll never meet gets strengthened, encouraged, comforted, and lifed. It's commendable, church, and I honor you again. Thank you for being bigger than yourself. Because if, if, if those 100 pastors had 50 people each, what's that? That's 5,000 people you've just refreshed. Because they will take that spirit and they will pass that on to the congregations. But we're a prophetic church. Last story. Last testimony. Next week, we're going to talk about how to outwork the prophetic. When we were over again, I keep talking about when we were in Reading last year, but it was such an impactful moment for our church and for us as, as pastors. Went to a conference there. And we're at, on the final night of the conference. And there's a place called um, Olive Garden. Anyone been to Olive Garden in America? Anyone yet? Olive Garden? Okay, it's like, it's like Italian. It's just like Italian. Not very good, but anyway. Watto had a dream of going to Olive Garden. And so we went to Olive Garden <laughs> to fulfill his dream. He could die a happy man. You're welcome, Watto. Great breadsticks, by the way. Anyway, we were there. And it's a Sunday night. It's after the conference. It's after the night service. God's done amazing things through that week. We're all a little bit tired because it's been a big conference. We've pressed in all week. And the waiter comes up to us, young guy, early 20s. And he goes, I don't want to be weird. He goes, but can I just share something I just, I've got on my heart for you? And we're like, bring it on. Like, this sounds good. And he starts to speak life over us. What did he say over me, Charlie? And he, started, and he started talking about those things. He started talking about, uh, do you want to speak into him? I don't like not connected. Uh, <laughs> is there a mic somewhere? He shared with you about you going and refreshing leaders and pastors around the area, which is just as he took on the, um, the role in our region. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. So for those who are online, he literally goes, yeah, we just took on the role of the ACC part overseeing the pastors, and that was the job we wanted to do was go meet with pastors for coffee, go refresh them, and he just starts prophesying about that's what I'm called to do in this season. And we're just there going, oh, pastor. <laughs> More breadsticks, Jesus, Jesus having a moment. And then another waiter comes over and starts prophesying as well. These guys don't even know we're Christians. We're not there holding hands praying, saying grace or something. Well, literally, we were, he's, just, he's just been led by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We're at this restaurant for one night, probably the only night ever, unless what wants to go back one day. One night ever. He then turns to one on end just starts to prophesy, starts to speak over them. This other waiter comes over, starts to add, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but can I just, can I just say, starts to prophesy. What do those words do? They're strengthened, they're encouraged, they're comforted, and they brought life. This is what the prophetic looks like inside of community. So as we conclude today, be a prophetic person. Let's be a prophetic church. How do you start? Next week, again, we'll talk about it more. Let's start with reminding people about who God sees them as. That is prophetic in itself. 
You are declaring the reality of God. In Jesus' name. And let me say one more thing on this. Don't back down from it. Oh, but they already know that. Oh, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to intrude. We get too polite in terms of, now be polite, don't get me wrong, but if God places it on your spirit, be obedient. And don't let your insecurity hold you back. Because your prophetic moment might be the very thing that strengthens a rope that's about to break. That encourages someone who is so discouraged they want to give up or comforts someone who is so broken on the inside in that moment or who's so on the edge of giving up in life and you bring life. I'm going to use one more testimony because testimony is great. We done Love is That Weapon years ago. Jessica was in youth ministry at the time. Maybe you're a bit older than youth ministry. I think you're at school still maybe. And she decided to write an encouraging message to every one of her Facebook friends. Do you remember that? Which would have been a lot. Hundreds probably. <laughs> and it was cheer a champ, it was encouragement, and she went through and she encouraged even people that are friends you don't even really know. Ask God, what do you want, what do you want me to say? And if I remember correctly, there was people who had wanted to give up in life, people who were on the edge. You want to elaborate any more on that? No? Wow. Amazing. Amazing. The power of a prophetic, encouraging moment. And she wouldn't have even known. So what we're going to do to finish is this. We've gone over time, but we're going to finish. Why don't you close your eyes? And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit, just for a moment, maybe there's someone in the room that after this moment, God wants you to, to go on just to give an encouraging word to to strengthen, to encourage, to comfort and bring life. The four attributes of the prophet, the New Testament prophet. So Holy Spirit, we just take a moment, we say, we wait on you. And we activate the prophetic gifts in this place. The prophetic moment in the hearts of these beautiful people. Lord, I pray right now you would just, just drop encouraging words in people's hearts right now. For some of you, it's going to be a scripture. For some of you, it's going to be a picture. For some, it's just going to be a word. But Holy Spirit, we just say, come and do what you do beautifully. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.